You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. I'm so excited about this episode. Do you know how excited I am about this episode? I am so excited that despite the fact that I was not able to record tonight, I'm still in a good mood just because of how good this episode is. Here's the deal. Uh, Tonight, I was supposed to record an episode for next week with Beth V., her first time on the podcast since the Doctor Who episode, uh, Jay, Belligerent Monkey, and Mr. Schweck. Unfortunately, we had a storm earlier, really bad thunder, lightning, rain, like a monsoon from the pits of Satan's anus, but then it stopped, and like 20 minutes after it stopped... Uh, our cable service went out, which means our internet went out and our phone went out and blah, 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 blah. So this was maybe 20 minutes before we were supposed to start recording. And now it is two hours and 11 minutes after we were supposed to start recording. And we have not recorded and I don't have any service, but I can still sit here and record the intro for today's episode which I am more than happy to do because today's episode features the lovely and talented Mr. Bo Brown, co-host of the Needless Things podcast, director of the Dragon Con puppetry track, and inventor of the tampon swazzle. So I'm very excited about that. And this is Bo's episode. This is very much his baby, which makes me even more excited. Because the fact that I have an outlet for Bo to talk about something that he loves so much. I mean, aside from Masters of the Universe. Because obviously we have several episodes a year uh, that kind of revolve around that to a certain extent. But uh, this episode is about the Dragon Con puppetry track. And Bo is a fucking juggernaut. That's just a fact, and you'll find it out as we talk through this episode. I didn't even realize, like I know a track director, uh, they don't really get a lot of recognition at Dragon Con proper. It's it's not like they have a special, hey, this guy runs this track, and you guys should all really appreciate him, because from February up through August, he well, really up through September, he's busting his ass in two to make sure that you have fun stuff to do for four days in September, August, Labor Day weekend. Uh, Nobody does that. Nobody says, hey, look at these guys. Wow, what they do is incredible. What Bo does is incredible. And Bo has gone above and beyond. Uh, We'll talk about it in the podcast. I'm not going to spoil it here because, you know, this is is the pre-show business. So just know that right now, 
Today's episode is Mr. Bo Brown, uh, Madison J. Cripps, and Stacy Gordon. All puppeteers, all very talented. Uh, Stacy, I didn't realize this going into the show, but as soon as I heard her voice, I knew who she was. She was in the puppet improv show that I saw last year at Dragon Con, and we'll talk about that in this episode. So no reason to pursue it more now, but she's a very talented and hilarious young lady. Uh, Madison is a super sweet guy. I hung out with him after the first Puppet Slam, and he's got a hell of a story. I'd really like to have him back on just as an episode. I think that would be fantastic. But today, you get Bo talking about the puppetry track. He runs down everything on the track, and it's awesome. It really is... Uh, you know, obviously the American Sci-Fi Classics track, that's my home track. I love it. Uh, I do think it's the best track at Dragon Con. But the puppetry track is the most eclectic and interesting track at Dragon Con. And really, I have to give Bo a lot of credit for the effort he put into making his panels interesting, interactive, and informative. The three eyes that I just made up right now during this introduction... Speaking of eyes, segue, you can go to iTunes and download and listen to this podcast. You can go to Stitcher and stream this podcast. You can go to needlessthingssite.com and check out not only the podcast, but all of the many articles by myself and by my staff of writers about toys, movies, music, wrestling, all manner of pop culture stuff. Every facet of dorkery we cover on NeedlessThingsSite.com. I also want to talk a little bit right now about what I'm going to be doing at DragonCon. Uh, I don't know how many more episodes we've got between now and then. We, we have set a makeup date uh, for the Beth, Jay, and Ryan episode that hopefully we'll be able to get it done. There's another episode that I don't want to spoil. Uh, if it doesn't end up happening, I'll mention it in my DragonCon recap episode. Uh, I'm super excited about it, but due to its very nature, it's a difficult thing to plan and to make happen. So we'll see. So after today's episode, I definitely have one more. I might have two more. We'll see how it breaks down. And I've got articles coming in from people relating stories of Dragon Con and Mr. Schweck is going to have an article coming in about things that you may miss at Dragon Con. Stuff that, you know, smaller things that aren't, you know, concerts or huge celebrity panels or whatever. Uh, it's really interesting. We, we chatted about it tonight while we were lamenting our inability to get on Skype. And uh, I'm pretty stoked to see it. So hopefully that'll be up next week. But for now, we're going to talk puppetry track. Uh, after I discuss my panels. So here's the deal. Uh, it's very tricky to get scheduled on lots of panels at Dragon Con. I've heard this from the ESO guys time and time again. Uh, please do check out esopodcast.com. They've talked about doing a lot of panels and how hard it is. Uh, not necessarily actually doing the panels, but just the scheduling of it. So here is my current schedule of panels I will update it if it changes, and of course check the website, check me out on Facebook at L Phantasmus with a PH. Uh, but right now, uh, I will be at DCW Friday night, 
not participating, but me and the hooligans will be there doing our thing. Saturday, 10 a.m., after my biggest night of drinking. Uh, this is probably a huge mistake, but I'm so excited about the panel that I, I can't not do it. Saturday, 10 a.m. in the Marriott M303, M304. It is D20 uh, 1984 Geek Year in Review. What we're doing is we're going to have a bunch of panelists from the American Sci-Fi Classics track, and we're going to have a 20-sided die with topics from 1984, and they're going to randomly select panelists and randomly select topics, and we're going to have five-minute mini-panels on every topic, and I'm going to be hungover as fuck. I'll tell you that right now. I don't know how it's going to go. But it's going to be worth seeing. Whether it's amazingly entertaining or whether it's a fucking train wreck, you're going to want to be there. Trust me. Uh, and then at 11.30, She-Ra. She-Ra, myself, Mr. Bo Brown, and hopefully Sarah Pope, uh, and, and probably Gary Mitchell, maybe uh, one or two more, will be talking about Princess of Power and her impact on media and on really gender roles. Like, I think we're going to get kind of deep on this one. And I'm going to have a big-ass box of toys from Billy's Toys uh, to show. And if you want some She-Ra toys, I might be able to sell them to you. So turn up and find out. 1 p.m. I'm going to have to hustle my ass over to the Sheraton to make the Earth Station Who panel. I don't know what we're talking about, and it doesn't matter because it's Doctor Who, so it's going to be awesome. Uh, so definitely show up and check that one out. And then I have several hours off. Uh, we'll have our hooligans dinner that we have every year. 10 p.m. This, if you forget everything else about Dragon Con, remember, at 10 p.m., go to the Marriott, marquee level, room 303-304. Whose F is it anyway? I've talked about it on the site. I've talked about it on the podcast. At this point, you should know all about it. But whose EFF is it anyway? Look it up on Facebook. There's an event page. It's going to be fucking awesome. I, I That's it. Me and Miss Lady Flex hosting a game show where we pull people out of the audience and make them deal with erotic fan fiction. It's going to be great. You do not want to miss it. I promise you a good time and fabulous prizes from Stardust, from BelligerentMonkey.com, and from Zenoscope Entertainment. Holy shit. That's crazy. Like, the grand prize winner of this thing is going to get hundreds of dollars worth of shit. That's just a fact. So show up. Immediately following Whose F Is It Anyway, at midnight in the same room, I am screening my favorite movie of all time, Things. It's a Canadian horror movie. I'll go into more detail about this screening on the next episode of the podcast. It's sick. Sunday, 11 a.m. 11.30, sorry, 11.30 a.m. We are doing the toy panel. This one, uh, I don't think I'm going to be drinking a whole lot Saturday night because uh, I've, I've got work to do. So after we're done, I'll, I'll maybe have a few, but I think I'll be pretty good to go Saturday morning. But this is the toy panel. It's 80s toys as selected by Mr. Joe Crow uh, of the American Sci-Fi Classics track. We're going to be talking about I, I my plan 
is to talk about the gimmicky toys of the 80s. We're not going to talk about G.I. Joe. We're not going to talk about Transformers. We're not going to talk about the big shit. We're going to talk about all the gimmicky little toy lines, which I'm not going to mention here. you got to show up for the panel to see what we're going to do. It's going to be a lot of fun, and again, I'm going to have a big-ass box from Billy's uh, to show you and to sell you. Then Sunday at 7 p.m., myself, I'm giddy about this one. I'm Guys, seriously, guys. I'm so fucking excited about every single thing I'm scheduled to do at Dragon Con right now. Like, I'm almost tearing up a little bit right now. I'm so stoked. 7 p.m. Sunday night, in the American Sci-Fi Classics track, room, M303, M304, marquee level in the Marriott, myself and Mr. William Stout will be discussing Conan the Destroyer. Now, if you saw last year's panel about Masters of the Universe, the 1987 movie, uh, it was me, Mr. Bo, Brown, Mr. Bo Brown, Gary Mitchell, and William Stout talking about Masters of the Universe. William Stout was a production designer on Masters of the Universe. And if there's one thing that that movie got right, that was it. Well, he did the same thing for Conan the Destroyer. Whatever you may think of Conan the Destroyer, it's a beautiful fucking movie. And William Stout's responsible for that. And I'm going to sit down and talk to him about it. And that's crazy. And I'm actually going to do fucking research for this one, man. I'm going to watch the movie. I'm going to make notes. Like, I want this to be a professional for real panel. It's really important to me that this one go down right. It's important to me that they all go down right. But the other ones, like, are, are kind of, like, my flavor. You know what I mean? Like, I can go in there and just do my thing. This one, I feel like I really need to nail it. So it's going to be good, you guys. Seriously, I'm very stoked about it. And then Sunday night, this isn't mine. I'm going to be there in attendance, but it's not my baby. Uh, the Puppet Slam. You don't want to miss the Puppet Slam, period. That's it. We talk about it in the podcast, and you know what? I've been talking for 14 minutes now. I think that's enough of me. Now it's time to talk to Mr. Bo Brown to Stacy Gordon, and to Madison J. Cripps. Here it is, Puppetry Track. Enjoy. In a town near Albuquerque Lived the most concerned young boy He said lately I have no Folks don't live with peace and joy With frowns and worries in their faces They lost and don't know where to go He said I'll get the people straightened By putting on a puppet show The young New Mexican puppeteer he saw the people all lived in fear He thought that maybe they'd listen to A puppet telling them what to do And now he got some string and he got some wood He did some carving and he was good And folks came running so they could hear The young New Mexican puppet Hey, Phantomaniacs, and it's time for yet another amazing episode All centered around Dragon Con Except we've got something a little extra we're going to be talking about tonight uh, and that little extra has to do with puppetry because right here on the podcast, please welcome back my lovely co-host, Mr. Bo Brown. Bo Brown, how are you doing tonight? I'm wonderful. Thank you, Phantom. 
It's great to have you here. I'm really excited that we could do this because I know how busy you are. Uh, but it was really important to me since you're, you're part of the show to focus on what you're doing this year. And, and it's not just Dragon Con. You, you've got, uh, quite frankly, what sounds to me like a nightmarish weekend ahead of you. I'm right now. I'm currently not on fire. Uh, <laughs> and that's, 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 that's the bright side. <laughs> So we're going to get to Dragon Con, but first um, we want to talk about something else that is near and dear to you and that is probably making you the craziest crazy man in all of Crazy Land. Yeah, um, so uh, thanks to the wonderful uh, Pat Henry and Rachel Reeves of Dragon Con, uh, they have agreed to sponsor, so Dragon Con is the sponsor for the National Puppet Slam at the Center for Puppetry Arts this year. And it's uh, an incredible opportunity that they've given me. You know, nobody in their right mind would ever put on a puppet show with 20 people from all across the country. Well, and this isn't even, this isn't even like officially part of Dragon Con, is is it? It is. Oh, it is an official part of Dragon Con. It's official part of, it's it's as an official part of Dragon Con as the Aquarium Night is. If you go to Dragon website, if you look under the events page, just like the Night at the Aquarium, the National Puppet Slam is there listed with every everything you need to know, uh, the lineup of all the acts, links to buy tickets, uh, everything. So it is very it is very official. Wow. Yeah. So basically, the success of the puppetry track of the last couple of years, especially last year with the Fraggles, um, sort of gave me the clout uh, to pitch this idea to Dragon Con, which was. If we had, and this was sort of Pat and I's idea together, was to have the National Slam at the center at the same time as Dragon Con, and that way the artists that were brought in for Dragon Con, because the major expense of the show, you know, the National Slam is, is a very expensive show just because of airfare and hotels. Right. Plain and simple. It's, you know, you're talking about flying 20 people in from across the country and putting them up in hotels. You mean all of the puppeteers in the country don't already live in Atlanta? That is true, oddly What? Enough. Yeah, there are puppeteers in all parts of the country. That's uh, crazy. Which is, that's what the National Slam aims to do. It, it's, it's a beautiful cross-section of the very best of Puppet Slam acts from all the different weird little puppet slams, you know, in theaters, in basements, in nightclubs, you know, all of those uh, together for three nights only at the Center for Puppetry Arts. It is there are some phenomenal acts that, that we've booked. Um, now, how do you bring them in? How, how do you know who to bring in? How do you get the names? Well, uh, I am in contact with the Puppet Slam Network. So you, as as I think you may know, Heather Henson uh, is mm-hmm. the creator and um, sort of spirit behind the Puppet Slam Network, which seeks to category all of the uh, Puppet Slams across the country and put them together in a place on the internet where they can talk to each other. And they can say, hey, I'm looking for, I've got some money and I want to get a guest artist, uh, here. And so the, the network allows us to know where all these other puppet slams are, contact them and trade artists, um, say, hey, I'm going to be in Baltimore this time. Is there a puppet slam going on? Oh, there is. Cool. Maybe I can get, get over there and do a show. Uh, I've traveled out to Phoenix and performed um, uh, at the Puppet Slam in Phoenix, which is a great segue to introduce one of our guests this evening, Stacy Gordon, who is with us live from Gen Con. 
Hi, Stacy. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, so I've gone out, for example, I've gone out to, to Phoenix and performed in the slams out there. And I've gone to Asheville, North Carolina and performed at the Wham Bam Puppet Slam in Asheville, North Carolina with Madison J. Cripps. Hi, Madison. Hello there. Great to be here. So Madison J. Cripps is here with us as well. And both of I, them- I hear the J, I hear the J stands for asshole. It, it, it's a silent J, but yes. <laughs> So, it's yeah, it's French. Um, so <laughs> Stacy and Madison will, will are here with us to talk a little bit about their events. Um, but let's let's wrap up the National Slam thing first, real quick. So there's this big National Slam, uh, big uh, Puppet Slam network all across the country, and uh, that is that is basically funded by Heather Henson and all of her amazing generosity, and then organized and managed by by a guy named um, Martian Delellis. And so with the database of that. Uh, the, basically the emails of all the other people like myself and Madison, um, who are, who are curators of Puppet Slams and, and Stacy as well. I contacted all the curators across the country and sent them a form, a nomination form and said, you know, nominate what you think are the best up to five Puppet Slam acts that have come out of your slam in the last three years. And I got back about 75, um, nominations. Actually, no, I got back more than that. I got back about 140 nominations. And then I contacted those artists and said, congratulations, you've been nominated to perform in the National Puppet Slam. Please fill out this paperwork, send me a video of your show, and, uh, and, and, and you know, congratulations. So about 75 of those came back. Uh, I then watched 75 puppet shows <laughs> and went through 75 puppet shows worth of paperwork and narrowed it down to about 19 finalists. Now, those 19 finalists, I thought, in my opinion, were... Were, were, you know, worthy of being in the National Puppet Slam. And that means that it is, uh, a, a Puppet Slam act that is not just good, but excellent for some reason. Whether that's just a, a moment of manipulation, whether it's a beautiful puppet, whether it's just hilarious, whether it's touching and makes you cry, whatever it is, there's something about that piece that sets it apart from other Puppet Slam pieces and sort of raises the bar for the art form. So out of those 19 finalists, I sat down with John Ludwig, who's the artistic director of the Center for Puppetry Arts, Liz Lee, who is the producer, and Kristen Haverty, who is the associate producer, and we built a show. And I, and I, and I, and I mean that to say that the 10 acts that we selected, all, of, all 19 of those acts could have been in the show. They were all that good, in my opinion. But it's not, it's not an award show. It's still a show, which means that it has to have a flow it has to have a balance of comedy and drama. It has to have a balance of puppetry style. And it has to reflect sort of the puppet slam art form a- as a whole. So you don't want to have sure. seven shadow puppet pieces or seven marionette pieces. You want to sort of cherry pick um, pieces that fit well together and, and are representative of the art form. So when some people are like, well, why didn't my piece get accepted? I say, well, it's, it's a show and I, and, I, and I can't pick five shadow puppet pieces. You know, so I had I had to pick the the shadow puppet pieces that fit best into the sh- into the show, and and I can't have nothing but comedy. I can't have nothing but drama. You know, so so that's sort of how just, the pieces were decided. Just like any other variety show, you've got to balance things out. Exactly, variety you got to have a little something. Word, right. Well, and that's what's uh, that's what's so impressive about the puppet slams you've been doing at Dragon Con the past few years is there is something for everybody. If if one act isn't necessarily your thing, yeah, chances are the next minutes. one will be yeah. right. Exactly. 
So uh, with with that all being put together, the the deal with DragonCon was was that then those artists that the, the DragonCon would basically fly and host all those artists in exchange for them being asked to participate in DragonCon. They of course could not be required to participate in DragonCon. Because then sure. that would be a conflict of interest to say, well, I'm only going to, you know, that I have to have the artistic integrity to, to build the National Slam and curate it based on merit of the pieces, not, oh, well, you'd be really good at Dragon Con. Yeah, Which yeah, yeah. It's tricky, you know, and, but that's, that's the way it is. You know, I just, I had to do it based on the, the merits of, of the things, uh, the merits of the pieces. Um, which meant that I had very little wiggle room to bring in other people. Um, pretty much the National Slam people were, were the only people I could bring in. And I was able to bring Madison and Stacy back, who have been at DragonCon before with me. Madison's been with me since we started, and Stacy joined us last year. Um, you know, they are, they are so good at, at what they do at the convention, and I really wanted to have them back. So I did what I could to to enable that. Um, I made arrangements with Stacy. Madison is going to be a stagehand and help us out at the National Slam, and you know, and I and I'm doing everything in my power to make that trip, you know, work for them. So, so and then they also both saying he's an enabler. I am. I'm an enabler. He, his what he's saying is he's fucking powerful. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I'm a little scared now. You should be. To have this much influence over this many people. And Madison, I just wanted to say, we actually hung out briefly uh, after the first Puppet Slam. Uh, you and Bo showed up yes, exhausted sir, and tired. I don't remember it. <laughs> puppet Slam. I have yeah. pictures. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I can't put them up online, but they exist. Good. So, so that's sort of the deal with the National Slam. We've got we've got a lot of really um, wonderful artists, uh, you know, puppeteers that are at a, you know, a street level all the way to professional Henson puppeteers who work, uh, at, you know, for Henson's Puppet Up show, who work on TV and film. So there's a huge gamut of, 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 of artists that their work is together on stage as, as equals, which I think is really awesome, uh, part about the show. So, so we'll, so the, the tricky thing is, is that the National Slam is Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of Dragon Con. So all the artists will fly in Thursday morning or Wednesday evening and we'll tech the show all day on Thursday and do our first show at 8 o'clock that night. Uh, which is, you know, for, for a regular Puppet Slam where it's a little more fast and loose, that's fine. But this being the National Slam and, and sort of being a little more put together, you know, um, you know, we're selling, we're on the main stage theater at the Center for Puppetry Arts, uh, which seats hundreds and hundreds of people. Um, so that's, it is a, it is quite the, the honor to be on that stage. And for a lot of puppeteers, you know, who, if, if you're a puppeteer who isn't basically touring with a kid show, the chances of you ever getting a chance to perform on the main stage at the Center for Puppet Arts are pretty slim because that's sort of what they do there. You know, so mm-hmm. this is a really amazing opportunity for artists who, um, you know, cause it's a big deal to perform at the Center for Puppetry Arts on the main stage. You know, it's, it's a big deal to people, uh, to puppeteers. So, I'm really pleased that the, that the center is cool with us doing something like this and um, that it's a chance for these artists to have this opportunity. Uh, well, and to, to give some perspective, I mean, I, I grew up here in Atlanta, so for me, having the Center for Puppetry Arts in town, you know, I'm used to it. Yeah. It's, it's just a thing that's here, but 
you know, for people outside of Atlanta who know anything about puppetry, the center is is it's one of those things where when you live near it, you don't really get how big it is. Yeah. So the trick is, though, is that Friday and Saturday of DragonCon, and to an extent on Thursday when I'm normally loading in to loading into DragonCon, I have to leave, and all of the National Slam people have to leave DragonCon and go to the center and put on the show and then come back to DragonCon. So that's going to be the real trick. Like last year, after having two years, you know, of doing this under my belt, I decided to change it up and make it even more complicated. Um, <laughs> So here we are uh, with just when I sort of got my feet under me with two years and, and how wonderful everything was last year with the Fraggles, I had to go and complicate it. But, you know, the opportunity was just too good to, to be able to have um, the, the, the help with DragonCon to get these artists out here because it's a, it's a really expensive show to do. You know, you're talking 20 people, airfare and hotel, that's a serious amount of money. Um, and, you know, the center is a nonprofit, so it's not exactly got you know tons and tons of money for me to do a show that only goes for three nights you know what i mean right Um, right because that's not you know typically when they have a show it's set for an extended period of time like they're using whatever resources are there for for a longer period than just the three nights only three puppeteers in it this show has 20 puppeteers in it you know and and they're coming they're not all driving in on a in a van they're they're all flying, right? You know, and, well, and from what I've seen of puppetry, it seems to me like there, there's a great deal more preparation involved for a show than with you know other human based shows. It looks like of, it's more complex. There's a lot of stuff, you know. There's puppets and everything, but for the most part, and something that I definitely uh, judge a puppet slam piece on is your ability to get on and off the stage because it's a variety show. It's not your show, and ah. if you have a twenty minute setup time. That's not a very good puppet slam piece. You know, you need to be able to get on, get off, and not, uh, you know, impede the other acts. Because if you, if your show has a big long setup time, then I can put you at the beginning of the show, or I can put you first after intermission, and that's it. I've only got two seconds where a show can have a big setup time, or, you know, or a big breakdown time. You can either be last, or you can be at the, at the end of act one. That's it. Well, and I would imagine you, you've got to be something pretty darn special to earn one of those slots. If your show is, is long and complicated, it had better suck my dick and make me a sandwich. You know, it had better really knock my right. socks off. Um, so, you know, there are shows that, that have really long setup times that are not that good. Um, so, so here we are. Uh, and we, that's, so that's the deal with the National Slam. So you can go to DragonCon's site or you can go to puppet.org, uh, and buy tickets. If you are going to DragonCon and you don't want it to impede with your DragonCon, uh, experience, then I recommend getting tickets like now for Thursday. And you can come to, you know, and it's a, it's just a couple of MARTA stops. Get on in MARTA at Peachtree Center, uh, down underneath the food court and go to Art Center Station and it's like two blocks and there you are. Come see the show. The show's at 8. You'll be back at DragonCon by 10 and ready for the countdown to midnight in the Marriott for for Thursday night. And you can wear your tuxedo to the Puppet Slam. I'll be wearing a tuxedo. Totally fine. I host the National Puppet Slam in a tuxedo. So even if you just want to come see me in a tuxedo, then come to the National Puppet Slam. My question is, will your beard be back so you can stop looking like a (sighs) 12-year-old? I shaved my beard for a part in a web series, <laughs> and I'm 
I'm like clenching my ass as tight as I can to get it to grow back. That's how you get hair to grow, right? You just clench up and it just grows out of your face, right? Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's, that's how it works. Okay, so that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, so most, uh, in fact, all of the National Slam artists agreed to participate in Dragon Con. Um, and so they're going to be presenting a lot of the workshops, um, a lot of the performances, uh, that make up the track this year. So not so you're going to be getting a lot of really really amazing new wonderful puppet puppet folks uh, with a smattering of folks that have done it before. And that's a little bit of the trick is it's like a lot of new people that a have maybe never even been to a convention before. So I sent them all my survival guide that I write. I write this big long survival guide for puppet track people and, and sort of explain the convention and sort of explain how everything's going to go down. And hope, not that you can ever really explain Dragon Con, you know, it's sort of futile, but, um, that's, you know, it is what it is. So, uh, so yeah, so, uh, I can either, why don't we have, um, Stacey and Madison talk a little bit about, since I've rambled on for a while now, why don't you guys talk a little bit about your various activities that you're presenting? Uh, why don't we start with you, Stacey? Awesome. Well, I'm gonna be doing the Magic Puppet Tea Party. Uh, at four o'clock. That's just one of the things I'll be doing. I'll also get to do some improv and a creative puppet workshop with a bunch of kids, which is going to be fabulous. But the big thing, the thing that gets talked about is the magic puppet tea party. And on Saturday at four, this is an, a puppets only event. So puppets only, what does that mean? Puppets only. What does that mean? It means that if you come, you need to have a puppet on your hand. And that puppet will mingle with other puppets. And um, I host this show with Claire from uh, Mayfair Games' Bob and Angus show. So they let her, they let me bring her out for that. And we get all dolled up in our fancy tea party finery. We we do some mingling. We play some games. We sing some songs. And uh, it's a really great time. Will there be real imaginary tea? Oh, there's going to the the imaginary tea is going to be free flowing. I mean like you're going to have to imaginary pee so hard. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds wonderful. What if I show up to the door with, you know, like I heard about the magic puppet tea party and that seemed like something that would be fun, uh but I didn't have a puppet. Oh. Um, and maybe I think I, I maybe I think like maybe there's gonna, just going to be some weirdos there, and I, I want to just go and maybe um, you know crash the magic puppet tea party, and I put like a sock on my hand. Well, if you put a door. sock on your hand, see, we've got we've got our puppet bouncers who are big and menacing. I think I think it's pretty much Bo, right? It's you, Bo, right? Sometimes um, I really want it to be Godric, but unfortunately, Godric's not able to make it. Okay. So. Well, um, <laughs> we. If you're serious about it and you actually want to go and you're like, oh, I forgot my collection of puppets at home. The really great thing is that there are a lot of puppeteers who are coming and a lot of them are paying their own way by selling their merchandise outside the door at the puppetry track table. Tell me more. And you- Genius. Uh, right? So, so for artists like me who need to come in from out of state and, you know, Bo couldn't totally but the whole bill, which, you know, understandable, um, we get to bring in our stuff, like uh, I think Madison does as well, and you can buy one of our puppets. You can give us money, and we will give you puppets in return. That sounds like a great deal. 
I think that's the best financial system I've ever heard of. Right? Yeah. So you can buy a puppet and you can go on in. Um, and it, it's really, it's really a lot of fun. I saw a lot of really positive feedback on the internet after. We did. We, we got a lot of positive feedback about it. And you know, it's fascinating because now that we've been doing the puppetry track for a couple of years, people are starting to bring puppets to Dragon Con like costumes, like people wear costumes. They're walking around the floor with their puppets. And I really want to encourage that. And that's why we created the Magic Puppet Tea Party as an event to sort of reward those people and as a way for amateur puppeteers who are just getting started to mingle with professional puppeteers in their play. Tardy the Turtle from uh, Greg the Bunny was there last year. So you will have a chance to mingle with puppet celebrities, you know, um, uh, and it's Kiki. a chance. Kiki the yes, Cake and Kiki. From, uh, from the Kiki from Outer Space web series that's been on for forever. He that's was right. There. Kiki was there. I just so, want to and say it's a way that... to sort of like absorb without being directly taught, like, I'm going to teach you how to do puppets. Just interacting, like, just an amateur puppeteer interacting with a professional puppeteer through their puppets, that amateur is going to learn without it being an academic environment. You know what I mean? Through play. Through play, okay. exactly. And that's how we learn. I just want to say one thing. Marionettes are welcome at the tea party. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. We we do, we play a game called uh, Puppet Charades. And I have to say that there was a particular marionette last year that that blew everyone away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know who you're talking about. I, I don't either, Madison. Speaking of games, uh, puppet games, I want to recommend, one of the top panels I recommend to people uh, since last year is the Puppet Improv. Uh, 11.30 Friday night is when it happens this year. And I went last year, and it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Uh, it's different from the Puppet Slam, because this stuff is not prepared. Well, it's very different than the Puppet Slam. Uh, yes. it's Well, but I, I think... I think until people get into Dragon Con and experience what you guys have to offer... You know, if you're not a puppeteer, you don't have puppet brain and you don't get how many different kinds of puppetry there are and how many different forms of puppetry oriented entertainment there are. And to go into this room and to see these entertainers up on stage running and grabbing a random puppet from a pile of puppets stacked like dead bodies in the corner <laughs> and then having to enact like... <laughs> yes, stacked like cordwood. Uh, but then to be given stuff from the audience, you know, very much like whose line is it anyway, uh, and act things. It was, it was amazing. It's, it, it was really rewarding for me to go to that last year, and I'm definitely going to be there this year. Stacy, can you, since, since you are one of our featured puppet improv performers, uh, would you like to tell us any, anything else about both improv shows? Well, okay, so the, there is an adult improv show, and that is at 11.30 on Friday. And then there's also a kids' improv show on Sunday at, I believe it is 2.30. Am I correct on that? That's correct. Okay, Sunday at 2.30, there's an improv show for kids. So we're taking out all of the bad words. So you can go on Friday and see the show, and then you can go on Saturday and see the show, and you can know what we're thinking because you already saw the show on Friday. <laughs> um, no, it's it's actually it's a lot of fun, and and I have to say to to Bo's point about 
learning by seeing and learning by performing with. You know, I I got to perform with some some puppeteers whom I admire greatly in that show, and I came away a better puppeteer. Um, and it, it, it's a lot of fun. I I actually didn't have a voice last year. Um, and I'm hoping that I have one this year. Gen Con You're not is allowed trying- to lose it at Gen Con. I know Gen Con's trying to kill it, but I'm I'm taking care of myself. Um, no, it's it's just a lot of fun, you know. It's it's living in the moment and and almost a little bit like doing mask work. You know, you put on put on this character and then and then you go. And these guys are really the guys that I perform with, and a few more ladies this year are are some of the best. I feel honored to be a part of it. Um, yeah, so this year, unbeknownst to me, uh, one of the pieces that I selected for the National Slam is called Mana Sisters, and it's a really amazing, wonderful piece that three ladies do, and I was like, wow, I love this piece, I really want it in the show. Only after I booked the show and started researching the artists did I find out that they are Henson performers, and that they perform with Henson's adult show Puppet Up that tours around the country. That's very similar to a puppet to what we do with the Puppet Improv Show, um, and so we have a really exciting opportunity to because last year the adult show was called the Token Girl Improv Show because Stacy was the only girl in the all male cast, and we which, have which is very common in improv is to be which to is have very common a bunch in improv and, one girl. And this year, it's pretty almost it's dead even practically. Which I, I'm just thrilled with that we're going to have a really great representation that it won't be the guy show um, up on the improv stage. Um, Stacy, could you, as a as a as somebody who's very heavily um, involved in the art of improv, with and without puppets, can you tell us a little bit about the difference between um, long form improv and short form improv? Ah, okay. So what I do normally is called long form improv. And that would be, you get one suggestion at the beginning of the show, and then you, from nothing, create a scene or several scenes around this suggestion. So you could have a three to five minute scene uh, between two characters at the grocery store or in a park, a married couple, um, or, uh, and, and then it would, it could jump around uh, a little bit. But it would mainly be along the same storyline or could be along the same storyline. But it would definitely all be on that one subject. With short form, that's more what we call game-based. So um, a lot of theater games that you played in if, if you were in a theater class in high school. Um, uh, maybe you... Or maybe you've seen Whose Line Is It Anyway. They do, they do short form. So there's, there's specific rules to a game that you have to follow. Um, some of them might be like a singing game where you have to, where you have to rhyme. There's another game where each character begins a sentence. It's an alphabet game. Each character begins a sentence with the next letter in the alphabet. Kind of challenges your brain a little bit more. Um, and it's a lot of fun. They're both really fun. They're both great to watch. And you will see both, I think, if you see both of the shows. I Correct? believe I believe we are doing short form. Okay, it's all going to be short this year. Okay, I believe so. There was a little. I think the was the kids show long form last year. Um, you know what? The kids show was a uh, what's almost called like a mid form. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you know what? A mid the mid kids show riff, last year, if you will. A mid what? A mid riff. Yes. Yes. So 
actually, so we still had rules. We were we were setting up a, a specific retelling of a fairy tale. So we still had those rules. You know what? I would call that long form. Let's call that long form. All right. It was the long form kids show. Long form kids in prep. And that that was really great. It was a lot of fun. And so then the uh, another one of the events that you're involved in is the Create a Puppet Workshop, uh, which is Saturday morning at 11.30. So when you're done with the parade, you can come and build a puppet. And funny story uh, about the, the, the Create a Puppet Workshop, I was working with the Center for Puppetry Arts to create the puppet kits that are, are going to be uh, used for this. And we were making these purple dragons that were going to look just like the Dragon Con logo. And we were designing them, and the wings were going to flap, and they were going to be really cool. And then, lo and behold, DragonCon debuts their new logo. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> great! <laughs> Thanks for telling me, DragonCon. So me and uh, Jeffrey Domke, uh, who's the guy who designs uh, all of the little puppets, so when you come to the center and you see the show and then you get to make the little puppet in the workshop, uh, we had to scramble to design uh, a new puppet design to match the new awesome yellow golden golden logo and I, and I honestly think he knocked it out of the park it looks really cool and I think you're going to see a ton of kids running around with these things over their heads and little awesome golden dragons flying around everywhere um, so Stacy, you did it last year uh, oh. can you tell us a little bit about what, what people can expect if they bring their kids to the Creative Pup Workshop or if they just want to come on their own yeah yeah absolutely we had so many adults come and just say am I allowed to do this absolutely leave with a puppet and actually we had some people come to the Magic Puppet Tea Party later on with the puppet that they made in the Creative Puppet Workshop um, you're, you're, you're going to walk in and it, there's no specific start time so you don't have to be there right at 1130 on the dot We'll supply you with a kit. We'll supply you with instructions and everything you need to to really make your puppet your own. Even though it's a kit and you could make them identical, you never see two that are alike. It's so wonderful to see everyone's creativity. So, yeah, so Stacy will be there along with Loretta Baumgartner, who's the education director at the Center for Puppetry Arts and a couple of volunteers. And they'll be there to help the kids, you know, make the folds and, and, and decorate it at whatever they want. And it's going to be a ton of fun. So I, I highly recommend that. And then I think the other event will be the puppet match game. Stacy, are you in the match game? I do oh, not no. believe that I'm in the match game. Unless you want me to be in the match game, then I'm all over it. Um, I'm, let me, let me check my um, handy dandy cast list here. Uh, right, quick. I could, the, the, my, one, I, honestly, one of my biggest problems this year was that I had so many talented improv people, and I couldn't put them in every show, <laughs> um, because I because the DragonCon database limits you to seven uh, people per panel. Um, I couldn't actually get everybody in everything. Too um, much awesome. Too much well, it's awesome. Stacey, I mean, I these do have you. I do have you in Puppet Match Game with Fantastic. with. Uh, I'm excited. With your sheep. Um, oh, wonderful! Cool, cool, cool. So, so, so the story behind the puppet match game is, and this is an idea I had last year. I really wanted the first year I did the the puppetry track. It was very academic. Uh, there were a hand. There were there were some kids shows. We had David Stevens, who's an Atlanta lo- local Atlanta puppeteer, do a, a great show, uh, the Reluctant Dragon, which is one at Unima. Um, which is like the, our award, our award for puppet shows. 
that Pit Puppeteers he, of America. He, by the way, is out here at Gen Con right now performing he that. He is. Yeah. He is, The Reluctant Dragon. It's a really great show. Um, and it was perfect for Dragon Con, duh. Uh, so we, we did that. In fact, it was the first event, I think, of the, of the convention. The very first thing we did the very first year was The Reluctant Dragon. Um, but I, so we had some kid shows, but, and, and I, and I didn't know what I was doing. It was my first year. My only experience with, with whatever this was going to be was going to puppet festivals and taking workshops. So that year was very academic. It was lots of workshops about different puppetry styles. And I walked away with it and I was like, you know, it's missing something. It's missing a sense of zaniness. I, I thought that the puppet track should be able to not just teach people about the art of puppetry, but be entertaining and not just for kids and not just the slam, but to have a sense of zaniness. So I really wanted to do a puppet game show. And I, for some reason, I had this in my in my head that I wanted to do Puppet $10,000 Pyramid. And I started talking to uh, Lucky Yates and another guy who works at the center, Jeffrey Swartz's, who's one of my volunteers for the puppetry, puppetry track. And I asked him if he wanted to do it. And he said, you know what would be better? We should do Puppet Match Game. Because $10,000 Pyramid is just two people. It's two teams of two. So you would have two puppet characters and two human characters out of the human contestants out of the audience, whereas the match game has a panel of like six or eight characters. So I totally was behind Jeffrey with this idea. Jeffrey is the mastermind behind um, behind the puppet match game. So you will, if you're familiar with TV's match game, there'll be a panel of puppet characters. Your host will be Fulio, uh, who is a puppet character uh, of Lucky Yates. For, of Archer fame. He plays Krieger on Archer. So if you want to come not see Lucky Yates, but see Fulio, because <laughs> uh, he'll be hiding behind something, um, then please come see the Puppet Match game. And I and we have lots of really amazing, talented people with some really wonderful characters. I think this is going to be one of the breakout successes uh, of the track this year. I think this is going to be absolutely hilarious. There's a lot of phenomenally talented puppeteers and funny, funny, and funny people. It's a lot of the same people as the improv shows. Um, and it's going to be a hot ticket. And when I say that it's going to be a hot ticket, as Phantom mentioned, the improv shows last year were so popular uh, that they graduated to big rooms. Both improv shows are not in the track room. Oh, they wow. are in other rooms in the Hyatt. In fact, I think they're in the room that we did the puppet the puppet slam in the first year before there was a puppet track. So it's in the Hyatt, uh, in one of the like five hundred seater rooms. I yeah. love that that uh, that auditorium. That's yeah. that's a very cool room, not big enough for the puppet slam anymore, but no, I it's, we it's a cool that setup. Real quick. Yeah. Um, you outgrew it the first year. <laughs> we did, we did. So but I think that the improv shows will do well in there. It's five hundred seater. We'll have the projection screen so you don't have to worry about the puppets being small. Um, so you'll see them up on screen and it'll be, and, but you'll, you'll get to watch both shows. You know, you'll see the, you'll see the, the video projection, which is just the puppets and you won't see any humans. Then you can also watch the stage and watch the puppeteers running around with the puppets over their heads. So it's like, well, that was one of the, that was one of the things I enjoyed about seeing the improv live was watching the puppeteers deal with the screen and, you know, being able to see not just what we would see in a normal, puppet setting but also see them like how you guys handled the puppets and watched yourselves on the screen and like I, that was very interesting can, can i say that in that show uh you have to set the camera to the shortest puppeteer 
And you're one of it, Stacy. I I am five foot one. You're a wee thing. You're fun size. I am a very I am fun sized. You know, I have to say we we filmed we filmed uh, yesterday out here at Gen Con and and I was required to scrunch up in the uh, on the uh, floorboards of a va- of a van. And, and uh, thankfully, I am fun-sized because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to fit. We wouldn't have been able to get the shot. So it is sometimes convenient to be little. Um, so this year, I have been looking into getting six-inch platform shoes. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I am I am a Frankenstein monster at <laughs> five foot seven. Everyone else has to look forward to crouching less. Well done, (laughs) Stacey. You're such a team player. Stacey Gordon, team player, everybody. Thank you. Woo! That's right. (laughs) What, uh, so, Mr. Bo Brown, Mm -hmm. what is, what is Madison J. Cripps gonna be up to this year at Dragon Con? That's an excellent question. Madison, would you like to answer it? Sure. I will be, uh, Working with some other very talented marionettists, metineers, whatever. Anyway, people with strings <laughs> on their fingers, and we're going to put on the marionette cabaret, and that will head out at 1 p.m. in the track room, and then we will follow that up. And that's with... going to be on Saturday, right? Yeah, oh, yes, Saturday. Saturday at 1 in the track room. Um, the Marionette Cabaret, and what that is is a uh, variety show specifically of marionette performances, and I'll have my performance troupe there, and a few other puppeteers will bring uh, some of their marionettes as well. And Super then, exciting. Yes, and then following that, directly in the same place at 2.30 we will have the Marionettes 101. And this is really exciting because um, after you see the Marionette Cabaret, oh, your interest is piqued. Hmm. And then you get to learn how to play with a marionette. And for some folks, this is one of the most intimidating styles of puppetry just yeah. because, oh, it could get tangled. There's so much to, to do. There's so many strings. Oh, no. We'll break I'm it down. We'll break it down real simple and start off with one string and then work our way up to uh, hopefully a few folks will get to play with some of my puppets and we'll learn how to walk and gesture and maybe do a little interaction with... Uh, maybe do a little dance? Yeah, do a little dance. Make a little... Yeah. Madison, so as a marionettist, as a professional marionette performer, you know, pe- you know, a lot of people say, myself included, that that marionettes are, are the most technically challenging of all uh, puppets. What do you consider the most technically challenging of all puppetry styles? Shadow puppets, Bo. Shadow puppetry is so hard. Yeah. You think I'm kidding? I'm. I am very serious when I say that shadow puppetry. I think is one of the most, if not the most difficult um, puppetry style, um, only in that it's very difficult to, well, very easy to make it sleepy. You, mm-hmm. you have to you have to be really, really good because our eyes are trained so that the um, it's like a movie almost is what you're creating with shadow puppetry. And and I 
I'm such a beginner with shadow puppetry. That's probably why I'm so freaked out about it. But yeah, shadow puppetry is the most difficult so far. And what do we do when we're freaked out by a puppetry style Madison? We panic. We dive in. We panic <laughs> and we soil ourselves and then we dive in and we knuckle then we down take and, deep and breath, try to do it. And we do some hard, hard work. We do hard, hard work to do it because yeah. as a puppetry artist, you know, it, we oftentimes have to be the total package. You know, people talk about mm. puppetry as sort of the, the, the nexus of all art forms. Because you have to be a sculptor, you have to be a costume designer, you have to be an engineer, you have to be a voice artist, you have to be an actor, you have to be a director, you have to be all of these things when you're a puppeteer. Um, you have to be able to sing, you have to be able to do voices, you have to be able to do everything. Light designer. Light design, yeah, exactly. Um, Painting. It is, it is the, the nexus of all art forms, of all, you know, not even just performance art forms, but, um, but painting and sculpting and engineering and, you know, because a puppet that doesn't work is a sculpture. It just sits there. And, and you I'm have to be able to bring... Sculpt. Yeah, and that's boring. Now, let yeah. me... I, Bo, you and I have talked about this before, but since we've got Madison and Stacy here, wh- where did you guys start with puppetry? Like, what what are your beginnings? Um, well, my grandfather actually carved and performed with marionettes. He didn't... He just performed for us, family, uh, his grandkids, but... Um, so I grew up around marionettes, and then when I was, huh? I did not know that. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I um, actually my dad, my mom, my grandfather used to take my mom and her siblings to uh, Children's Fairyland to watch the Osnowitz family perform, and from the Osnowitz family came Frank Oz. Um, so yeah, my mom got to see some. Pretty cool, uh, pretty cool stuff when she was a kid, and I think that that inspired her to make sure that I always had puppets in my life. And I remember the very first puppet I received, my aunt crocheted a black sheep for me. I, and I think it was so that it would not be a bootleg of lamb chop. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, there was fan art even back then. Um, yeah, so we, uh, so I started with that, started, built my first puppet when I was in high school with my mom, um, did some church puppetry and then left, uh, high school and college and very quickly left church puppetry for the world of adult puppet slams. That's really awesome that it all came from the family. That's, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. No, my grandfather was, was a sculptor and a painter. So I think that, because he already had those two things, it uh, it lended itself very well to making marionettes. Madison, what uh, where, where does your background start? Well, it it's interesting. I parallel Stacy's grandfather in in a lot of ways. I came from the fine art world, so I I studied with a classically trained Russian sculptor. Um, I studied plastic anatomy, painting, drawing, and um. I all the way through the end of college, I thought, "Oh yeah, I'm going to be a painter. I'm a fine artist." And then something about it just wasn't quite enough. It wasn't scratching all the itches Never that I had, you know. And I ended up working on a farm in Western Massachusetts, and it was owned by this crazy lady. 
And she said, we're going to do a puppet show. You should make a puppet. <laughs> so I don't know why she had this old VHS of the Puppeteers of America put out this video. I don't know when. Maybe it was the 80s, maybe the 90s. And it's basically all the marionette masters on one video. It's Joe Cashore, It's Philip Huber. It's Jim Rose. It's It's a complete, like, manipulation how to build the controller, how to string it, how to build the puppet, what to think about for the marionette. And then I just made one. And because I have um, had been drawing and painting and my dad is a contractor, um, I grew up on the job site. So I have woodworking skills kind of naturally. And I put them all together and then uh, just started performing for the their house we never actually did do a full-on puppet show at the farm i made another puppet and another puppet and wasn't doing as much farm work and they kicked me out so i had to go to town and i started busking on the street um and i set up a little gorilla puppet theater in my room and after that i moved down to Asheville, north carolina and set up shop where i am today and i've been here about five years now Wow, that's fantastic! Yeah. That now, you uh, marionettes are your thing. You mentioned shadow puppetry. Yeah, is is this the first sort of branch away from marionettes you've messed with, or have you done some other stuff? I've done some other stuff. I've done some collaborations uh, with another puppeteer, Keith Schubert. We did a oh, what do you call it? I, they're Czech style marionettes, which means they have a rod in their heads. Um, that connects to the controller. They're so called they're, rod marionettes. Sure, rod marionettes. Yeah. And uh, then they We're have really little... creative when we name our puppets. <laughs> Czech style rod. Well, I don't know. You stick your hand in it and wiggle it around. Let's call it a hand puppet. <laughs> <laughs> you put this one on your finger. Let's call it a finger puppet. <laughs> yeah, it's real flat and it's real small and you perform it in a proscenium. Let's call it a toy puppet. <laughs> <laughs> that did not get that across to me at all. Exactly. Well, um, well the, the, but the small yeah. proscenium, it's called toy theater, and it's a miniature toy-sized theater. It makes sense. Okay, toy theater I can handle. All right. That doesn't sound like a part of the hey, body that hey, should be I covered up by clothing. Object. I found this object. What would, she ca- what would we call it if I make it into a puppet? Sir, please put your proscenium back in your pants. <laughs> this, is the, this is the family... Uh, improv show. I object. Um, uh, now, Stacy, what what else have you uh, have you been part of? Well, I, I know Bo Bo is so much better at getting everybody's uh, like credentials and and things that they've done in the past than I am. Well, currently, I do a web series with Mayfair Games called The Bob and Angus Show, and I perform the assistant producer on the show named Claire. She started as an intern, but we're we're growing the character a little bit. She just got promoted. And um, that's a weekly web series that I work on. I also uh, build puppets for a living. So I have a website for that. And then um, I do adult puppet slams in Phoenix. And I've obviously... Where gone do you to, do those? I do those at the Great Arizona Puppet Theater. Um, and nice uh, the Great Arizona Puppet Theater is in Phoenix. Downtown Phoenix. It's a great beautiful building it's actually an beautiful. old mormon church so it's really nice to sit back and have a glass of wine 
and um, watch a dirty puppet years. show in uh, in that. And then we also do a, a puppet show at the Phoenix, uh, the Puppet Slams at the Phoenix Comic Con every year. Oh, I've and I'm doing, I'm doing a puppet slam at uh, a Gen Con tomorrow night. How's Gen Con going? I keep hearing about Gen Con, but I don't really know anything about it. Gen Con's going really well. Convention. It's a con- convention for tabletop gaming. Um, okay. So you don't see nearly as many cosplayers. You see people wearing clothes that they are planning to wear for the next 24 hours because their game of Magic the Gathering will probably last that long. Or they'll be in tournaments or things like that. Settlers of Catan, tournaments Settlers for Catan. ever. Lots of sweatpants. Um, yeah. lots of, yeah, lots, lots of kilts, actually. Lots of utility. <laughs> <laughs> lots of elastic waists. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I have to say, Gen Con pulls out all of the stops. They, um, they have the cushiest seats to sit and game in. And you go in this room, and it, it's just lined with hundreds and hundreds of tables that are, you know, a hundred seats long and everybody's just sitting around and playing games and somebody walks up and you say, Hey, you want to join us? It is such a wonderful, welcoming, uh, community. It's, it's, it's a ton of fun. It's very different than, it's very different than Dragon Con and yet very the same at the same time. Stacey, have you been to the gaming room at Dragon Con? I have not been to the gaming room at Dragon Con. Well, then I, I think that I you're Ill, slightly ill informed to make those judgments. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, okay. From what I saw of Dragon Con, ima- maybe imagine the gaming room at Dragon Con, and then that's all of Gen Con. Well, sure. Yeah. Well, just so you well, know. Gen Con must be must be doing something uh, in a big way because for, I, I am not in the world of gaming at all. But I have heard Gen Con over and over and over again. It's it's obviously getting a reputation that's spreading beyond its focus, and that's that's pretty impressive. Well, you know, this year we actually started a puppetry track. I think it was inspired by Dragon Con's puppetry track. Wow, what a clever idea! Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. And who, so- who who's in, who's uh, who's doing the puppetry track at Gen Con, Stacey? Uh, Marion McBride is the person who's heading it up. And um, I am part of the puppetry track at Gen Con. Mayfair Games is sponsoring a lot of the events there. Uh, also, um, Gordon Smooter from Minneapolis. Am I correct on who his city? was one of our guests the first year of the puppetry track? Yes, at he is here. Uh, David Stevens is here with Brandy Stevens from uh, Atlanta. From Atlanta, and we've got Jim Martin. Uh, who is, uh. From Faith No More. From. No, no. No, no. <laughs> Where Faith, is she at? Where are the 80s children? From, <laughs> from the Great Space Coaster. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Get Gary, on board. The Great John. Space Coaster. Yeah, get on board. He's, uh, he's Gary Gnu, and, uh. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, and he's amazing. He's fantastic. Is he cool? Do you think we should get him for Dragon Con? I think that you should. I really cool. think that you should. He is one of the nicest guys. He saw a post of mine on Facebook about me asking about tall shoes. He emailed me and said, I need your phone number because I need to call and give you advice about shoes. And this guy, anytime <laughs> Carol Spinney was in Big Bird, he was, he was Oscar. He was, um, he was on the puzzle place. He, um, 
I, I mean, he he directed Bear in the Big Blue House, directed Sesame Street. Uh, I, I mean, he's he really knows. He knows his stuff. He's really great. They recently bought the rights to Great Space Coaster, and so they're they're in the process of trying to preserve it. That's great. No news is good news. Indeed. Uh, so that's a little bit about our wonderful guests. Um, thank you guys for joining us. I'm gonna, uh, I guess, talk a little bit more about the rest of the track. Uh, do you guys, do you have time to hang out and then maybe we can talk a little bit again, a little again, or you can share commentary as we go through or do you guys need to get going or what? No, I'm good. Okay. So I'm just gonna go through the track and just shortly describe, uh, sort of all of our events. Is that cool? Shortly. Very short. This is not this is not Masters of the Universe, Bo. <laughs> yeah, now that Masters thing, I listened to the podcast. Uh, I didn't make it all the way through the first time I listened to it, so I listened to it again today. And yeah, man, that was like a whole lot of talk about Masters. <laughs> but it was good. It was good stuff. No, it was very good. I think I noticed that I say I say every figure looks great. <laughs> Well, you, you know love that? Masters of the Universe, just like you're going to say every panel looks great. That's right. So, I love that this is not the Masters of the Universe one, but it kind of is a little bit still because you're talking about how great Masters of the Universe is. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't have a conversation with me without me bringing up He-Man at least once. I'm sorry. Um, Touche. Okay, but puppetry track so we start off with puppetry for tv and film um which is what we call it so other people understand what we're talking about we as puppeteers would call this the monitor workshop um so this is if you want to learn how to puppeteer like the muppets are done or like the kind of puppetry that you will see during the improv shows where people are looking at the floor at a monitor that shows what the camera sees with the puppets over their head this is where we will teach you how to do that um, and this goes for a lot of the panels that I'm, ta- that I'm going to talk about. Limited audience participation. Some people will get up and get a chance to get a puppet on their hand, uh, and, and participate. Obviously, our room seats 260 people. Not everyone is going to get a chance to, to get up and do it. Lots of people are just going to have to sit and watch. You know, be cool. But, uh, that, that panel will be run by Sesame Street and Henson, and Henson Puppeteers. So very, very professional uh, stuff. And then we have another exciting panel called Puppet Coaching and Characterization, which is our second panel along, or second event along with the Magic Puppet Tea Party uh, that is for people who brought their own puppets to DragonCon. Uh, bring your puppet to this panel, although you don't have to have a puppet to come to this panel. And we have some people, uh, Joshua Holden and Broderick Jones, who was with us last year, who will uh, give you some tips on fleshing out your puppet character as a character, as well as manipulation techniques. Uh, then we have Boon Raku and Tabletop, which is a which is a, a style of puppetry that uses um, fully realized puppets, and by that I mean they have they're like a marionette. They have a head and arms and legs and feet, unlike um, Muppet style puppets that have no legs. Uh, and that is going to be taught by some of our National Slime artists, Marta and Marta Moselle and Jessica Simon. Then we get to one of two panels that we have with Paul Zaloom. Um, Paul Zaloom, the science track, got Paul Zaloom. You may know him better as Beekman from Beekman's World. And what you may not know about Paul Zaloom is that he is also a famous puppeteer. 
and has been doing puppetry and solo performance and political satire for a very long time. And so Paul will join us to talk about his career, sort of not about Beekman, but as his career as a puppeteer. And then at this point, all of the National Slam people and myself will get into a shuttle and go to the center and put on the National Puppet Slam at the Center of Puppet Jarrett's. Hooray! And then we will have some people that are uh, are not our National Slam people holding on the fort for us while we are gone. So then we have 2D to 3D puppet design with Jeffrey Zwartzes from the Center of Puppetry Arts. And he will teach you how to draw a puppet design with the intent of making it a 3D puppet in the end. And I think that's going to be really cool for artists and people interested in getting involved in puppets. Sort of like how to take a two-dimensional drawing and realize it as a three-dimensional puppet. Then, uh, back by popular demand is Puppetry in the Buffyverse, which we had our first year, and it will focus on the practical puppetry effects that were featured in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel. I uh, totally want to recommend that panel. I yeah, saw it that first year. Of, of it the first year. It, it was really, really fun. As a huge Buffy fan, it, it was a window for me into, as I said before, how much puppetry has saturated other forms of media. Absolutely. Very highly recommended. That's Hannah Miller, who joins us from Orlando, who's a, a, a dear friend. Um, so come and check that out. Then we get to Between Between Two Nerds Live, which is the live version of a web series sort of spinoff show that was uh, a spinoff of King of the Nerds. So Katie Coral, who was one of the participants uh, on last season's King of the Nerds, and her companion, Buddy, will be doing a live version of their show Full of puppets and nerdity, so come and check out that if you want to see uh, Katie from Between or Katie from King of the Nerds. Uh, then we go. Then all the National Slam artists come back, and we do the puppet improv show for adults. And then we wind things down in the evening with a film screening of the puppet. So the Atlanta Film Festival now has a puppet category that I am the director of, and we'll be showing some highlights from the Atlanta Film Festival's puppetry uh, block. It takes a big head to wear so many hats. It does. It does. I actually have several large bumps on my head, and I wear tiny hats on each bump. <laughs> so uh, there you go. Uh, then we start off Saturday morning with the Creative, with, uh, the creative Puppet Workshop, uh, as well as a Farscape panel, um, where we will be joined by the uh, actors and some of the puppeteers from Farscape to talk specifically about what it was like to work with the puppets on Farscape. Uh, so that's really exciting. Then we go into the Marionette Cabaret, and then we go into Marionettes 101, and then we go into the Magic Puppet Tea Party, uh, and then we get to Puppets on a Budget, which is a great little panel for people who are just getting started with puppets. Uh, Kathleen David is, is presenting this, um, and it's about, you know, uh, how to build puppets out of stuff you, anybody can get at Hancock's, Michael's, and Home Depot. Uh, then we have a real fun panel called the Justice League Minus Superman, uh, puppet, what is the full title of it? Um, the Justice League Without Superman. Uh, it's got a really long title. Can't read. There we go. Um, Puppet Heroes Who Aren't Jim Henson. So this is going to be a real cool panel um, about other puppeteers who are basically not Jim Henson. And people will be sharing personal stories. Uh, personal stories about uh, Richard Bradshaw, about... Um, Probably Paul Zaloom. Um, all these amazing, wonderful... And, and, and Jim Henson did a really good special where he... Uh, that was a PBS special about puppeteers that he respected. Uh, and so we're going to be focusing on 
the puppet heroes of a lot of the people involved in the puppetry track who don't happen to be Jim Henson or any other Muppet-style performers. Okay, So we're going to talk about famous shadow puppet artists, uh, famous tabletop artists, that kind of thing. So that's really exciting. If you really want to get into non-Henson puppetry, this is the one for you. Uh, then Alyssa Stern, who is the creator of the Doctor Puppet series, uh, which you may have seen from last year or and seen online, sponsored by the Nerdist, the, the Stop Motion Doctor Puppet. She'll be doing a History of Stop Motion uh, panel, and then she, uh, uh, which is really really super cool. Uh, and then you can also see her in the Brit track doing uh, brand new premieres of Doctor Puppet episodes, which is really exciting. She's just starting all of her Peter Capaldi puppets, uh, Doctor Puppet stuff. So definitely go check out on the Brit track, and then check her out uh, for History of Stop Motion uh, in film. Uh, then we have History of TV Puppetry, which is um, about sort of. Um, Kukla Fran and Ollie, Howdy Doody, uh, Lamb Chop, that kind of stuff. So puppetry that has been on TV. And that is uh, Kathleen David uh, as well, uh, I'm pretty sure. Then we bring us to the Sci-Fi Janitors live and unsanitized show. That'll be Who are those guys? I don't know who those guys are. Who let those guys in here? Um, I think they have work to do. They don't need to be screwing around. Um, <laughs> so... Come and check out Matt and I. We will be doing our our usual live, uh, as per Dragon Con tradition now, our live filming of an episode where Matt and I basically fuck around for an hour and make people laugh and and hopefully people find it enjoyable. Um, I was told it was very funny last year, so uh, please come and check us out if you want to see Matt and I. Uh, Then we wind things back down again with another puppet film screening called Puppets in Motion Pictures. You see what we did there? Um, ah. yeah, uh, <laughs> which will be um, more puppet uh, short films, um, which will be really cool. It's at 1 a.m. If you're hammered and you want to sit in a dark room and watch some messed up puppet films, have I got a place for you. Uh, that wraps up our Saturday, and then we get to Sunday, and we open up with our uh, non-improv kid show, Puppy Locks and Three Bears, by Michael and Valerie Nelson. So that's going to be our, our nice little... A wonderful kids show, so come and check that out. Bring the kids. Then we have our panel, So You Want to Be a Puppeteer, which is a panel discussion uh, by professional puppeteers about where to get training, uh, how to, you know, where to go to school. We'll talk about uh, the O'Neill Puppetry Conference Program, which is a program that that Madison and I are alum, alumni of. We'll talk about, uh, we'll have members of UConn's Puppetry Master's Degree Program uh, to talk about what it's like to go and get a master's degree in puppetry. So if you really want to know what it's actually takes to become a real puppeteer uh, what it's like to be a professional puppeteer and work in the business then come and check check that out then we have a, uh, a thesis presentation about puppet filmmaking by UConn student and national slam performer Sarah Nolan um, so she wrote a thesis paper uh, about puppet filmmaking and this is going to be a sort of uh, PowerPoint presentation of this idea about when to use puppets in film why to use puppets in film when to use a puppet and not use CG, uh, all that kind of stuff. Then in uh, then we'll go into a really cool panel called Automatons. So if you a hand cranked automaton is like a puppet, but is not a puppet. Uh, but it'll talk about how to build device, devices where you turn a crank and the guy catches a fish or does something really cool. You what? You're gonna have to miss I'm it. Really yes. Had to miss this one. 
I'm sorry, because it's one of our few times where we double up, and at the same time going on over in the big room uh, will be the Puppet Improv Kid Show. Um, I figured those were different enough audiences that they wouldn't conflict, of course, except for the puppeteers involved in the show. <laughs> then we have a cool, uh, a unique panel called Magnifying the Miniature, which is about using lot and not stop motion miniatures, but live performed miniatures on camera. This is going to be really cool. Uh, if you want to come and see, and I think there's a lot of audience participation in this one, actually. So I think you'll get a chance to sort of move some stuff around on a camera, uh, move some little miniatures around on a camera, and see how it looks on the screen. Um, so if you're interested in that, come and, come and check that out. Then we go to the Puppet Match game, uh, which we've already spoken about. And then Paul Zaloom of Beekman's World will perform a ventriloquist show. So if you want to see him come and do that, please come and check that out. It's going to be super funny. It's actually a smaller segment of a larger show that he does. And then he'll be doing a talk back afterwards uh, sort of about the show as well as about uh, ventriloquism as an art form. Uh, then the puppetry track kind of closes down and we sort of uh, circle the wagons and we start getting um, our ducks in a row for the puppet slam that starts at midnight. Just to give you an idea... We stop programming at 8.30 to get ready for the show at midnight because that's how much it takes to put on that amazing show for you guys. So, and it's a good idea to go ahead and get in line for the Puppet Slam around 8.30, 9 o'clock. Hopefully the line isn't, isn't that bad that you have to get there at 8.30, um, but we will be ready uh, to go hopefully as soon. I've been told that as soon as the event in front of us, which ends at 11 uh, in the big ballroom, Ends at 11, we'll be right outside the door, ready to go, we'll move in, we'll do our sound check, and we'll get everything done, hopefully really quickly in an hour, and we'll be ready to start the show at midnight, because I know that we started the show late last year, and the show went really long, uh, we're gonna keep the show shorter this year, I am not gonna let everybody go, and I'm much more strictly enforcing a time limit. Last year the show was three hours long. I am not interested in doing a three hour long Puppet Slam this year. It was, it, you know, it was great, it was, it was hilarious, but people were getting up and leaving. Now, as soon as those people got up and left, new people came in and took their seats. But we don't need to be putting on a three-hour-long show because it's also, after that, the puppetry track celebrates the fact that we just did four puppet slams in four days. And uh, that's when we get to have a party. And so we will be partying then, so I don't want to do a three-hour-long show because I want to celebrate with my fellow puppeteers. Then we get started a little later, and we all get to sleep in a little bit on Monday, and then we'll have Puppetry 101, taught by Aretta Baumgartner, the education director at the Center for Puppetry Arts. If you're remotely interested in puppetry, come and take this panel. Uh, it's a hands-on workshop. You'll be taught everything you need to know about what it's like to use your voice and your body and your hands um, and get a very, very base, gra uh, a base, uh, for base of knowledge for what it's like to be a puppeteer. Then we have uh, a very unique workshop uh, called Puppetry and Storytelling for Kids, which is done by one of our Henson puppeteers that is specifically for kids. And they will uh, come on in, and adults, of course, are, are, are welcome to, to participate to a degree. But it's really for kids uh, exploring puppetry and storytelling uh, as play uh, in a way to sort of uh, deal with things. So uh, if you have the kids who want to come and check that out, or if you're an educator and you're interested in maybe adapting this for your classroom, please come and check that out. I think it's going to be really special. And then, once again, 
I'm sorry, Madison. We wrap up the we wrap up the picture track with Madison's wonderful busking and street performance. I hate giving Madison the, the final slot on Monday, but no, it's just we the way end it solid. Out. We end solid. Solid. <laughs> it's solid. But it's solid. This is this is a special year because it's the first time we have uh, another uh, that's voice. true. In and that's Madison out. will be joined by Alex Vernon, uh, who has a, I mean, all of the pieces in the National Slam are phenomenal, uh, but Alex's piece is something special. It's called My Live Magnificent, and you know, I'm not picking favorites here, but <laughs> but. But Alex, but Alex Vernon and Sarah Olmstead Thomas's Milo the Magnificent is magnificent. Um, and so if you want to, uh, if you see a show and you want to learn from him firsthand, uh, he will also be doing the Automatons, uh, workshop. Uh, come and check out Busking and Street Performance with Madison and Alex. It's gonna be great. If you wanna learn how to get up and do this in front of people on the street and get them to pay you money and not get arrested, come and check it out. <laughs> and that's the track. Well done, sir. Any questions? I have a question. We know Madison is closing out uh, the puppetry track on Monday, uh, and and you just said that busking is performing in the street. Uh, what? Uh, that's got to be a different set of skills than performing in a theater, uh, Madison. What? What? I, I, obviously, you don't want to give the panel away, but just just a little taste of the difference there. Yeah, a little taste. Uh, it is a completely different environment because you have to have a level of interest um, for folks to even stop what they were doing before and give you 30 seconds or less to see if they want to stay any longer. And if you can kind of hook them in and gather a crowd and there's lots of techniques to do that and then uh kind of keep them till you can get your pitch in which is hey buddy you enjoyed this give me some money and if you can have that full uh experience there then you can be really successful at busking yeah i mean that's i I, you know because when when you go to see a puppet show you're there you're you have a captive audience well, going to see a puppet show is, is a lot like going to see any performance. You you pay a ticket price, and that ticket price is an investment. When you're busking, there is no investment. You could walk away at any time. So the trick is to get an emotional investment, and then on the other end of the experience, get paid for it. And that's the bottom line, getting paid. Getting paid. Right, got to make that paper. Um, Stacy, you're hosting the Creative Puppet Workshop. Yeah. And what? Give me sort of a, a a difference between performing to kids versus performing to adults, because you do both. <laughs> and obviously, aside from language usage. Right. Yeah, language usage is obviously the the biggest one. You know, I think that. Um, I I really I really like doing improv for kids because I I. I like playing with more of the playful side. I think when adults see improv, they kind of expect you to go a little, a little blue. And obviously kids don't expect that. Um, and, and it's really nice to, to play more innocent characters. It's, um, it, you just can, and you can let your imagination go farther because little kids 
will believe more than even drunk adults. <laughs> <laughs> Can we put that on a shirt? <laughs> Done. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's really, it's really great. And, you know, I, I teach kids, I, I teach at a summer camp every summer, so it's, um, it, I, I feel like me being around kids, I'm in my element. And well, me being height, around drunk tears, also part of my element. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that pretty much wraps up, uh, Puppetry Track 2014 Dragon Con. Um, I hope that people come and check us out and learn a lot and laugh a lot and ooh and ah and we show you something you've never seen. And, you know, the puppetry track has two goals. One is that we celebrate puppetry and pop culture because Dragon Con is a pop culture convention. Uh, and B, it's that we expose the, mem- the people who come to Dragon Con who aren't necessarily the people who would ever walk into a puppet theater to the art of live puppet theater. And... Ideally, they will go, wow, I never knew you could do that with puppets. That's always the response that I'm looking for. Whenever somebody tells me that, I know that I won, and I and I did it. Uh, and then hopefully they'll go back to wherever it is that they're from, and they will go and check out the live puppet theater in their hometown. And, you know, that's the mission, is to, to spread this wonderful art to people who are only familiar with it in TV and movies, and to have them say, oh, wow, Here's this fascinatingly old art form that's as old as humanity. Ever since the very first caveman, you know, used his shadow on the wall of the cave from the fire to enhance his storytelling ability, there have been puppets. And there is nothing more human, I think, than puppetry and the desire to anthropomorphize the world around us and to make it in, in a way that we can more adequately understand it and to share this art form with people who don't understand it as a, as a live performance art and hopefully take a, walk away with a new appreciation for it that's what that's what it's all about so hopefully we will achieve that this year and everybody will have a good time while we do it preach yeah <laughs> Before you guys go, uh, Stacy and Madison, where can we find you online? Where can we keep track of your performances? Uh, pl- plug away. Uh, you can find me at www.puppetpie.com and uh, Facebook on there as Puppet Pie as well. Do you have puppets that I can buy that I can see? What? And also, if I wanted you to to make a puppet based on some other design that I have, could you also do that as well? Here, yeah, let me hand you my business card. Oh, internet. Internet. Um, no, yeah, uh, I've actually, I have on, on my website, I've got forms that you can fill out, uh, de- you know, with details that you want about all of your, all of your greatest puppet desires could be fulfilled potentially by me. Oh my. Indeed. Potentially. By me, depending what those designs are. Um, yep, and I've got a link there to uh, I've got a link there to a shop. I've got puppets that are pre-made that you can fall in love with and click purchase, and I will put it lovingly in a box and send it to you. Could I theoretically buy a taco cat finger puppet from you? Um, 
you can. It's going to come to Dragon Con, so you're going to have to come <gasps> to Dragon Con, unless I'll be at Dragon Con. Wait, unless Kismet. Unless it sells at Gen Con, I don't know if I have time between the two conventions to make a second I Taco Cat. Strongly recommend you building another Taco Cat before Dragon okay. Con. Okay, I did make three bedazzled tampons. Are they selling? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't sell except for at the slam. So we'll find out. I made five. Two had already been ordered. So they're they're a surprisingly popular item. High demand. Oh yeah! Every everyone likes their uh, sparkle mincies. <laughs> I Madison, I do. Nice, nice, nice outgoing line. <laughs> Follow that, Madison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can find me. Uh, that's the dreaded swazzle that uh, Bo was talking about earlier. Uh, you can find me at Crips Puppets on the Facebook and also the World Wide Web, CripsPuppets.com, and that is C-R-I-P-P-S, Crips Puppets. And I am on Etsy and YouTube and... Twitter, though it is sort of an atrophied leg of my juggernaut of marketing, sadly, I will rekindle it. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Well, guys, thank you so much for being on. Uh, while I have Bo here, I have to use him to my own ends. Uh, if you want to stick around, you're welcome to. But we've got to talk about a little performance I did a couple weeks ago that I will be repeating at Dragon Con. And Bo was there. You guys, if you guys have time, if, if your schedules don't conflict with this, this may be one of the most amazing, funny things at Dragon Con, and you should definitely go see it. Okay. Oh, stop. Would you like to elaborate, Phantom? Here's what's happening, and I've talked about it a little bit on the site, uh, but I'm hosting a game show called Whose F Is It Anyway? That's EFF, and the EFF stands for Erotic Fan Fiction. And what we will be doing is myself and Miss Lady Flex from Le Sexoflex Sexoflex will be hosting a show where we pull members of the audience up and we play games with them based around erotic fan fiction we have pulled from the internet. Uh, We did this last week at the Red Light Cafe here in Butlanta and we didn't draw much of a crowd. It was a... Tuesday. It was a very focused crowd. <laughs> it was Tuesday. But I feel like it went over really well, and we learned a lot, which was the point of doing it before we actually hit Dragon Con. Uh, Bo was one of our judges and, and was absolutely fantastic, and I wish I could have you and Corey at Dragon Con. Uh, but Bo, how, what, what's your impression? Uh, it's hilarious. Um, I will say that, that you might want to... Maybe in some of the the descriptions of it, note that because I because I was I was talking it up to some friends, one of whom happens to write erotic fan fiction. Oh my gosh! Got very defensive, and she was like, "Are you you know are you you know citing these people's names and making are you basically are you making fun of these people?" 
We're uh, trying not to. I mean, the, there's inherent hilarity, of course, of but course we're not and doing I, I it that to you're, mock. You're sort of scraping the bottom of the barrel. You're not. It's not totally making fun of this subculture, which I think is a line you guys. You know, I think you skated it fine. But we made fun of we made fun of the people in attendance, right? But we at no point at yeah at no point did we mock the authors of the fan fiction. And I think, but I and but I think that that's going to be the real difference between doing it at the red light and doing it at DragonCon, where people who write erotic fan fiction might come. Right. Um, so you need to make sure that you that you're protecting that you make a show of the fact that you're protecting the identity of these people. And that you're not, you know, that you, you're not making fun of them. It's more of a vehicle to get people up to say crazy things in front of an audience. Right. Exactly. Which yeah. is our intent. That, that is fully the intent. Right. So I, that was my sort of takeaway from, from talking to some other people about it. That's good to know. Yeah. But, uh, it was, it was a really fun time and I'm, I'm excited to see how we do with a crowd well, one with a crowd. <laughs> that's well, yeah. it'll that's going I mean, to be I the biggest be difference. And I, think, and, I, and I guarantee you'll be doing it next year. Um, I, I really hope so. The trick, I think, is to definitely make sure that you that you you know you pick some really bad stuff. Um. Yeah, and that you. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the trick is to pick the really bad stuff. I think we had the most fun with the ones that were uh, grammatically challenging. Right. The ones that were clearly written by like a thirteen-year-old, um, the the or, stri- strippers was misspelled stripers. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, over and over again, and none of them caught it. And that's another fun thing about it. Well, no, none of our. It's not like you beat up a kid and stole it out of their journal. Like right, exactly. He was like, "It's done." You know, and, they, and and that's my feeling on it is is you know it is out there you know yeah. to be sampled by everybody and we're just we're just spreading the uh, the the love as right. it were, right? Uh, but that's that's part of the fun is the contestants, you know, knowing better than to say things the way that they're written. And part of the challenge is no, no, you read the words that are on that page. Don't read the words that you think should be on that page. Yeah, and then he throws curveballs like. You know, now read it with, like, you inhaled a helium balloon. Okay, now you're not allowed to say any of the dirty words, and you have to make up, you know, pretty words for the dirty words. So, like, now, it is, now, it is, now interpretive like, dance along with it. Yeah. It's like, it's like running an obstacle course, but the obstacle course is erotic fan fiction. So you have an image of Gonzo fucking a chicken in your head while you're running. Right. <laughs> Which, by the way, I have that printed up, See, and even I'm, though you won't be there, we will have the Gonzo story. And you should say that, that Gonzo makes love to the chicken. <laughs> well, he does. he does. He certainly and, does. And there's a difference. Gonzo doesn't fuck that chicken. He makes love to that chicken. <laughs> he does. I need to se- I need to send you that because it really is so well done. It's, it's, so it's amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. I had to plug whose F is it anyway, which uh, obviously do, has do, no do choice. Do you have a time for that yet? I do. It's uh, 10 p.m. Saturday night. Uh, so it's during so it is, TV puppetry. That's per- well, all the national slime people will be gone. We'll we'll, we'll yeah. just we'll just be getting back to DragonCon at that. Well, no, yeah, we're, we'll probably be. No, yeah, we won't be there. We'll miss it. Yeah, we're we're keeping it to a tight hour and a half. Um, 
because I want to have prep time for what I'm doing after that, which I will talk about on the next episode. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. You guys were perfect because you've been you've been to DragonCon before. You know the drill. You know you guys were were perfect guests. So thank you guys for um, you know especially Stacy for running up to your room to to do this oh, with us. Oh yeah, I yeah. Thank you so much for that. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Um, also, it meant that I got to leave a little bit early. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Had my wow. arm up in the air all day long. <laughs> yep, that's the life. It's the, it's the life I chose. That's right. This is it's your it's your bed. Now this you have to process. lay in it with your arm over your head. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My one very strong arm. That's right. The arm of steel and the arm of veal, as yes. as Leslie Leslie says. So yeah. Well, Stacy and Madison, thank you so much for coming on. You guys were fantastic. We look forward to seeing you at DragonCon. Well, I can't yes, wait. come in. Come introduce yeah. yourself. If you, Absolutely. If you see me. He'll be the guy in the luchador mask. Okay. Yeah. Well, I won't be the girl that looks like a vagina with <laughs> <laughs> the horned vagina of doom. It just makes oh, me want to. It just makes me want to tickle his nose. <laughs> you 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 have permission, <laughs> and only you. Well, guys, thank you so much, Mr. Bo Brown. Uh, I will see you very soon. Thanks, Phantom. Guys, I love you both, and I will see you very soon. Creepy, awesome. like sort of frighteningly soon. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like seriously. twenty days. Twenty, Excellent. twenty days. Twenty days. And is it? 20, is, do I have that? No, one? it's four, fourteen, isn't it? What? Yeah, I, I think it's yeah. been twenty, Bo. It's You're two gonna, weeks away. I've been telling myself it's been twenty days for five days. Yeah, it's two weeks from right now. It will be happening. Holy! It shit. will be on. Yes. God, I've been living a lie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right, Bo, give us your give us your sign off. Good at the at, we don't say goodbye. We say oh. good journey. That's good right. Good journey. Thanks a lot you guys. All Bye right. guys. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Good journey indeed. Uh, if you are making a journey to Dragon Con, then I hope it's a safe one. Uh, let me recommend DJ Spider. Google that DJ Spider and uh, track down some of her mixes. Look for that DJ Spider cosplay and costuming on Facebook. She's got awesome mixes of music to accompany you on your travels or in your packing or whatever you may be doing. And check out that puppetry track, man. There's some really cool stuff. At the very least, get out and check out the improv show. It's... It's going to be awesome. Like, seriously, you really need to see it. Other than that, uh, the, the, the top of the show, as it were, you got my listing of all the panels that I'm going to be on. And, man, it's right around the corner. It's happening. I, I hope you're ready. I'm as ready as I can be, I think. It's going to be a good year. It's going to be fun. The only thing is I've got some tooth pain. I, I might go to the dentist before Dragon Con and get them to look at it because I don't want to be stricken down. I had a kidney stone a few years ago that hit me Saturday at midnight. Knocked me out for the rest of the weekend. That sucked. That was the first year I got a room, actually. That was what a horrible way to do that. So I don't know. Maybe I'll go get this tooth pulled. Maybe I'll be down a tooth when you see me at Dragon Con. But it doesn't matter because I'll be drinking and having fun and talking about toys and dorkery and whatever else I do because it's Dragon Con and it's awesome 
Remember, check us out on iTunes and Stitcher and NeedlessThingsSite.com. That's all I got. That's it. Puppetry track. Phantom Troublemaker on the American Sci-Fi Classics track. Come out and party, people. Saturday night, 10. Whose F is it anyway? I love you guys. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.